0: Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues, including, but not limited to mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started.
1: I'm Amy Rojic, director of BDO's Center for Corporate Governance, and I'm about to share with you some excerpts from our recent 2021 What's on the Minds of Boards Ahead of Shareholders Meeting webinar. In this podcast, we highlight commentary from Courtney Keating, senior director of Glass-Lewis's environmental social governance research regarding several key considerations for directors and management teams from the perspective of a proxy advisor. Courtney covers shareholder proposals across a broad range of markets and has deep client experience to share with us. We anticipate agendas for shareholder meetings to be extensive due to the number of wide ranging issues, whether panic driven, liquidity challenge, or top of mind, or concern of shareholders who seek a closer look at how boards and management teams are planning to improve cash flow and drive recovery. And then there's priorities around a broad array of environmental, social, and governance matters, or ESG, that were already gaining steam in recent years and have been brought into greater focus, including impacts of climate change and the push for diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, and racial justice. Many boards will also be facing increased scrutiny in a charged and heavily politicized environment. Between proxy advisory organizations, updating voting guidelines, heightened shareholder interest in ESG disclosure activity, lingering pandemic impacts and how pay practices are reflecting performance and equity. Boards will need to balance short term decisions with their long term visions and provide support for plans that will help their organizations prosper. And of course, all of this is being done most likely once again in a virtual setting when meeting with your shareholders. So I'm going to turn over to Courtney right now, and I, I would like to pose a similar question, Courtney, that I asked you when you joined us last proxy season, and that is to share your perspectives on the most significant areas that are garnishing traction this proxy season that both Glass-Lewis and ISS are particularly focused on, and perhaps some of the newer policies that have been put into place in the United States.
2: Sure, Amy, thank you so much for, for having me back. Um, so you you teed me up very nicely, uh, bringing up the virtual only shareholder meetings. Um, that's definitely something that I think continues to be uh, a focus um, for for companies and for shareholders. Um, shareholders really want to ensure that um, you know they're able to ask questions and participate like they would in a uh, a regular meeting. And I think that after last year's uh, kind of you know rush to uh, to go virtual for most companies, um, there's kind of an expectation as to how. Uh, companies will be handling these virtual only meetings. Um, previously Glass Lewis had given companies a pass with respect to disclosure on how they're protecting shareholder rights, uh, in a virtual only meeting context. Um, when they basically said, you know, COVID. So, um, this year we've, we've kind of. You know, taking that back and we really are uh, again, you know, kind of pre pandemic, uh, you know, policy looking for additional disclosure around, um, how companies are protecting shareholder rights, uh, you know, when holding meetings, um, I'd also kind of point people towards our website where we're providing more information on kind of how we're looking at compensation, executive compensation in light of covid. Um, you know, we're gonna be taking, um, much more, uh, like a closer look at kind of, you know, one time grants and any, you know, adjustments made kind of during the pandemic. Um, you know, and, and also another factor that we're looking at is, is stakeholder experience kind of more broadly. Um, we don't want to see, you know, your company make a bunch of layoffs and then, you know, raise the, the executive compensation of, of your CEO, um, you know, without really good justification. So we are looking at, at all of those things. Um, as far as kind of guideline updates, I would highlight two, um, two updates that we're making, not this year, but next year. And I do think that this follows a, a broader trend of what's you know important to us and what's kind of important to investors these days. Um, the first guideline update that we've announced, but have not yet made, um, is with respect to board oversight of environmental and social issues. I believe this is a topic we'll get into, uh, later. Um, but essentially we are looking for uh, board oversight for large cap companies. Um, and we would like that kind of explicitly uh, mentioned either somewhere in a charter or somewhere in a proxy. Um, I think it's our view that, you know, all companies face some kind of ens issue, um, you know, it's going to be different for every company, but we want to make sure that companies have oversight of those issues and, um, that shareholders understand the extent, um, of that oversight. Uh, in addition, we've also expanded our gender diversity policy, so we will be um, starting in 2022 uh, withholding from non chairs when uh, there have not been uh, two when there are not 2 women on the board. Um, currently, we're looking for 1 woman and we've expanded that to 2 uh, for next year. Um, which we think is kind of reasonable given, um, you know, averages and, and what, uh, you know, is kind of expected by, by a number of investors. One other thing I would highlight, um, that is actually, uh, in practice this year, but is not necessarily impacting voting recommendations on its own, um, is, uh, with respect to disclosure around the race and ethnicity of directors. Um, this is something that has been of interest to our clients for a number of years, and has always been something we've had a really hard time, um, kind of uh, handling without explicit disclosure from companies. Um, so we will be assessing companies disclosure. We're starting out this year with the SMP 500. We'll be expanding that, um, you know, in, in coming years, um, you know, we're essentially looking at different areas of, of disclosure that, that companies are providing around um, diversity considerations on the board. I would invite you to um, to look at our website. We do kind of have explicitly noted you know, exactly what we're looking for, how we're making this assessment um that it is not impacting vote recommendations right now but you know is is something that we will be considering kind of in the context of uh, a board overall um so you know I would just highlight the, the ens issues the diversity issues those are all things that, um, you know, are, are really important to investors right now um, and, you know, are really important to us when we're when we're analyzing companies.
1: Some of the issues that we hear from from our clients is is just putting your arms around all of this. And I think one of one of the questions I'd like to pose back to Courtney is with more of the nuances coming in or starting to, I should say, creep into the financial reporting side. From the lens of materiality, which is what the SEC is focused on, where is Glass Lewis looking for information around ESG and in, in helping to, you know, formulate their kind of proxy positions?
2: Great question. Um, so we base our uh, analysis on purely publicly available information. Um, so we are looking through companies, you know, filings and you know their website and kind of everywhere. I would say. With respect to kind of ESG disclosure, we really are looking at the 10K, um, as well as the website and any kind of sustainability reporting that you know might be on there. Um, I would say that the proxy statement is probably the worst place to put information that is only contained in the proxy statement, um, as far as ENS considerations are concerned. Um, you know, definitely, you know, if it's August and I'm trying to figure out what your workforce diversity looks like I'm, and your meeting is in May. I'm not necessarily going to be looking at your you know, proxy statement for a meeting that's already passed. I do view that as a bit of a time um, sensitive document, but I think, you know, the 10 pay and sustainability reports are really where we're focusing most of our research, because that's where most of the information that we're looking for is contained.
1: The S, if you will, the the social side on social capitals and the emphasis being placed there. And maybe expand further on arguably one of the hottest areas of human capital management, and that is addressing DEI issues facing corporations that currently goes far beyond meeting shareholder demands and should be considered from the broader stakeholder lens of an organization's employees, suppliers, customers, and communities. So improving diversity, not only at the board and the management level, but throughout the organization. and, you know, helping companies forge that path to increase their long-term value and minimize reputational risk. So, Courtney, I guess more broadly, does Glass-Lewis have a preference in terms of, of what board oversight of ES issues looks like?
2: Yeah, so we're actually fairly agnostic when it comes to what the actual oversight structure looks like. We just wanna make sure that it's at the board level. Um, you know, I think that's really up to boards uh, to determine kind of what structure facilitates the best level of oversight, whether it's within an existing key committee, um, you know, the creation of a separate committee, um, or, you know, it's it's a, you know, individual on the board or the full board even, um, you know, we see a lot of, of different structures. Um, you know, I think it's just important that boards really lay out you know, this is a material issue for us. We are overseeing it, you know, through the audit committee or, you know, whoever I would say that, um, I have heard a lot of discussion around audit committees and how they could potentially be kind of overburdened given all of the risk responsibility. That's kind of being, um, you know, placed on them over the last several years. Um, so I, you know, we're not taking that position, uh, currently, but, Um, It's just something I've kind of been hearing throughout is, you know, maybe we shouldn't place that oversight with uh, the audit committee because they're doing a lot of other things right now. Um, But I think, you know, as far as we're concerned, we're happy to see the the oversight anywhere as long as it's disclosed and and kind of explicit.
1: Now, that's a great comment. I I think we get that a lot in terms of where is the appropriate place for boards to be allocating various aspects of ESG type of, of activities and and that's the, what you said is very true and, and oftentimes i think we're, we're seeing it across multiple committees of the board so depending on what the actual metric or what the actual initiative you're looking at it may be residing within the non-gov committee from you know a human capital management type of thing it may be more focused which I will drag Ryan and I promise (laughs) in the compensation committee, Um, but then it may go up to, you know, a risk or other committee. Some, some boards are even contemplating or have already put into place, having a separate ESG committee. And there's, there's schools of thoughts on both ends of that because a lot of these issues that boards are dealing with are true issues of the company and aren't, aren't necessarily something nuanced or new from, you know, we need this ESG, committee itself, but whatever, to your point, whatever may work best for your board. And that depends of obviously a lot on your current composition of the board and the strength of the management expertise in each of these
2: areas, board oversight of human capital management, as well as diversity kind of throughout an organization is something that's really important and of, you know, even more growing importance to a number of investors. I would say with respect to DEI, um, what I've been hearing the most is really a push for companies to be disclosing their EEO1 reports. Um, There's been a number of campaigns or there have been a number of campaigns by uh, shareholders um, asking for, for additional disclosure around that. Um, a number of companies have said to us well you know we're disclosing lots of other you know statistical information regarding our workforce composition why do they need our e o one report um and really the answer is um it provides comparable and kind of consistent data which is not something that uh is usually provided by you know companies own reporting it really can be comparing you know apples to oranges so um, I, I think the EEO1 report will will continue to be an area of focus for a number of investors um, and is something companies should really kind of consider looking at. Um, I will just say it is absolutely fine for companies to provide additional narrative on top of um, you know, their EEO1 report if they don't think that it uh, adequately uh, describes what kind of you know, organization they have or you know if they think it misrepresents kind of what their workforce truly looks like. Um, and that absolutely will be considered. Um, but having this apples to apples comparison is really, really important for shareholders.
1: Thank you for joining us. And I encourage you to listen to our other two related podcast episodes, as well as additional thoughts about 2021 annual shareholder meetings as shared by subject matter experts, Courtney Keating, Ryan Hurahan, and Tom Conahan via our recently archived webinar available on www.bdo.com.
0: Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at BDO.com/BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit BDO.com/BDO Knows Governance.